of Colorado and the Pod-B-N. We're on. We're back at Little Beaver Brewery on this beautiful Memorial Day weekend. I'm drinking an Apricot Space Crystals beer. As I mentioned, I really like the hazy IPAs, and they put different flavors in the Space Crystals. Uh, Citra is probably my favorite, but they didn't have that on tap right now, so i uh, drinking the Apricot one. Also had a Little Beaver Burger, as longtime listeners will know, uh, one, and uh, as Jeremy loves to remind me, top five burger in, uh, in, in my experience here, so I had another one of those. Here with me today are two friends coming to talk about things that are going on in their worlds. Uh, Lizzie Johnston is back again. Hi, Lizzie. Hey, Tyson. How are you? Doing good. Looking forward to hearing what's happened after the last time we talked about redistricting stuff. So we'll get into that in just a minute. Yes, we will. And also Julie Emig. Hi, Julie. Hi. Julie, come. <laughs> I think you're odd. Yeah, you're good. Um, oh, it does? Is it blinking? It just says... You're good. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm on. Blink, Hi. Blinking means mute and solid means not mute. I am, probably I am solid. You're solid. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, for those of you who don't know, is on Bloomington City Council. And uh, so we can kind of hear about if there's any uh, redistricting talk uh, for the city as well. Um, see if, there, if there's any information there. I think the answer is a short no, but we can see if there's anything. <laughs> and then just kind of see what else is going on. So... So while you enjoy your your pizza over there, what kind of pizza did you get? Oh, I got the vegetarian pizza, okay. and I love artichoke hearts, and they do it right here. Nice. It's got white mm-hmm. sauce on it. Is that oh, what I see? Oh, it's actually, um, yeah, it is a white sauce. All right, cool. Mushrooms, tomatoes, it's just beautiful. Good deal. Well, I'll let you enjoy a few bites of that. Thank you. Um, so, Lizzie, last time we talked, um, I think we ended with you were going to be getting together to set up a... A commission of people to put together three maps. So that's not how it actually ended up turning out. That so kind of catch, catch us up with the the latest what's All happening. Right. So uh, we we did we. I ended up negotiating, kind of liaising with the other Democrats on the board, and we had a short list. Um, I say short. We had about uh, 18 people on the list. The names that I was bringing to the. To the meeting with uh, Member Solner and with Cassie Taylor, the assistant administrator, and uh, we got in. Uh, we it was after work. Uh, we spent about an hour and a half, kind of going through the list. Um, there were some strikes. There were some suggestions. We ended up coming down. We we each picked our four candidates. Um, we were trying to keep in mind um, representation as best we could. Uh, and then after the four, we decided, because we were short on time, we went ahead and made a list of uh, five alternates on each side um, and agreed to all of those. So we walked out pretty, you know, feeling pretty good about it. Again, as best we could, representation. Um, it's such a small group. Yeah, yeah, it's such, such a, a small group. group. It's kind of hard to get the percentages you it would is. need, right? Yeah. It is. Um, but, you know, we were okay with that. And then the next morning, I had a text from uh, administrator, assistant administrator, Ms. Taylor, um, saying that the chair wanted to have a, a meeting at lunch, a phone call. And I was like, well, okay. So a uh, phone call. Uh, he felt like there were not enough people involved when he was finally looking at, you know, a small number of eight. Um, and he wanted, he asked about, could we do three committees instead 
and that way we'd bring in more people. And he wanted to put forth two Republicans and two Democrats to add to our nine each, right? So that would have left one spot for each of us to still choose. And I told him, I said, well, I have to go talk. I, you know, I'm going to have to talk to some of the other Democrats. Like, I can't just agree to this. This is not what this is not what was proposed. This is not what was announced. So uh, on my lunch break, I made quite a few phone calls, talked to a couple people. Um, and eventually we all kind of agreed to do this, right? So uh, then there were going to be, we needed to have another negotiating session because we needed to add the, the 12th person on each list and then also come up with alternates because that's a lot of people that we needed to confirm by Sunday. So this was like Friday morning at 7 a.m. before work. Uh, we all met at the county offices. Uh, again, Member Solner, Cassie Taylor, and myself. Um, kind of worked through that. We only had about 40 minutes so that I could get to work on time. And um, so we got down to it, and we got the, we got the information to the administration. Um, and then he announced on Monday. Okay. So we ended up with three committees. Each one's going to do one. Each one is going to be headed by a retired judge. Um, and I know that, you know, there's still some concerns. There were a lot of, a lot of older people, a lot of retired people on it. Um, so probably age demographic was the one that I was, like, least happy with. Um, we do have a 22-year-old on there. And then kind of from there, it's people in their, like, early 40s and on. Yeah. Um, but I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I feel like we have a pretty good cross-section of the community uh, from rural, urban kind of all walks of life as best we can so yeah mm -hmm. that's where we are um, and right now so and and now that that is done all elected people are supposed to be stepping back like we are not involved in the process from this point forward it is strictly between administration and they're they've got a little team that they're going to have available to each committee so each committee is going to have the regional planning uh, commission the director of that They'll also have our IT department, uh, the assistant state's attorney for legal questions, and then somebody from the administrative office to handle those kinds of questions as well. Okay. Um, they are supposed to, as soon as they can get their meetings coordinated, they'll start having meetings and they will draw their maps. And the plan is to have them done um, kind of towards the end of June, enough time to have public comment meetings on them. Um, and that is going to be the place that you will get a chance, everybody in the public, including the board members, will have a chance to look at the maps. They can come to the public comment. Um, and then and even board members, I'm going to be encouraging them, if they have questions or if they have thoughts, they need to bring it to the public comment. Mm -hmm. um, and then if there's something that is brought up that the committees want to tweak their maps based on what's suggested, then um, they'll have one more meeting. And then the idea is to publish it they're kind of toying with the date of either July 7th or 8th, have that published a week before the county board meeting that we will vote on it, which okay. will be July the 15th. And this, it sounds like it'll kind of function like a like a, a city commission would, subject to the Open Meetings Act, public comment, um, you know, FOIA-able, I assume, maybe. But Yeah, um, I think, so we, we do know that they are under OMA. Um, they were still, last I heard, they were the... Our lawyers were looking at: Do we are we required to have public comment because it's a work group? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I still haven't heard back on that specifically. Okay. Um, but yeah, it'll be open. To, it'll be published when the meetings are happening, so people can go attend in person. And uh, yeah, okay. uh, everything will be recorded. Uh, there'll be an audio recording, and then Miss um, Morlock will be taking the minutes, like always. Yeah. 
And uh, so this is kind of a... I've been reading in the media, this is not something that has typically been done before in, in Illinois, right? We're, we're been pretty... Um, pretty innovative in this space, I guess. Is that fair to describe it that way? That I think so. And I think with any kind of innovative process, there's going to be uh, kinks and some bugs that are working out. But I will say that um, Ms. Taylor has been very diligent about recording kind of how the process has unfolded mm-hmm. so that it will all be documented so that in 10 years when they get ready to do this again, they won't be recreating the wheel. Yeah. Right? So that she's been, and she's a very process-oriented person, so she is documenting this very, very clearly, which I'm glad to see. Yeah. So we can make better tweaks next time. Yeah. It's great to hear the support that they have too, both from a technology and from a legal standpoint, because mm-hmm. that could be a real... <clears throat> That could be a real advantage to a certain group if they happen to have people who have that skill set or don't, or um, you know, go down a certain track with. Um, well, like, like you and your colleagues at first were going down the track of doing the 20 districts. Um, seemed like it had some really good appeal to it, and mm-hmm. then once once you got legal opinions involved, heard that that wasn't wasn't a good path to go down. Some wasted time there and things. So putting everyone on level footing seems seems very uh, beneficial too as part it does. of this. And as far as um, you know kind of going back to that process with the innovation like you know people talk about you know every time this happens they talk about you know that politicians shouldn't be drawing that you know they shouldn't be drawing and choosing their voters and mm-hmm. and this is a this is a way that you know yes we did pick the committee but but now our hands are off. Yeah. And it is really up to just citizens of McLean County to make the choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it does seem, like you mentioned, there's uh, millennial representations <laughs> not really there. Um, I won't take that personally. Um, we do have some good qualities, though, so just keep us in mind next time. But uh, that, it seems like already probably a learning about the process of starting it earlier. And um, would you agree having a way to gather interested parties that wasn't just who people knew, right? There wasn't enough time to, for a real outreach of who wants to be included, who, who wants their names to be on the list. That's right. And I think that, I mean, one of the things that I had tried to propose uh, in the Rules Committee a couple months ago was to actually codify um, requiring us to start the meetings, I like to have meetings. And eventually, I would like to see it in the county code that, you know, we will start this process like in January. Right, and just be part of the code is that after the decennial census, we will start kind of pulling together a committee to do this process. And so, I'm hopefully, I'm, I'm still hopeful because we still have time to change that for yeah. the future. Yeah. And uh, some of the, you know, there's some pushback. I'd be like, well, what if they don't want to do that when it comes around again? And I was like, well, then they can change the rule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I'm really happy with how it's shaping up. It's giving me a lot more confidence about the process, especially having hearing what Josh had to say about things last time we talked to him. Um, there, there wasn't, strictly speaking, from my view, a, a reason for the for the Republican majority to need to make a concession like this, right? I mean, they, they had the elections matter, and they had a majority, and they could they could do what they want and. I mean, it's. I think it's fair to say at the state level, the Democrats are kind of taking, um, taking liberties and with their power that they have too, right? And so, groups when they're in power, they get to draw the maps. So I, I think, I think it's deserving um, of appreciation to, um, 
Chair McIntyre and the other members that they decided to to take this more transparent and open route. It's a step in the right direction, right? It is a step in the right direction, and, and I think at one point, Chair McIntyre did mention, like, he hopes that this can set a precedent, right? And mm-hmm. that would be that would be nice. I mean, McLean County, we've done other things in the past that set a precedent for the state, so this would be a nice one as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. I think that anything that we can do to bring um, people back into the process, like, normal people back into the process is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, and I, I think part of that was the, all of the public comment, the letters, the phone calls. I mean, I think that when when the Republic, you know, when the Republican majority saw how invested the community was, because we don't, at the county, we just don't get a lot of feedback on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I think that they, you know, they opened their ears and they listened. And yeah. So I'm glad that, that they responded the way they did. Yeah, for sure. Well, good to hear. Look forward to seeing what's going on. So if people want to keep tabs on it, we're going to the the county website would the meetings be linked there do you have any idea or do we need to follow up on that well and and that's one thing i do want to eventually see us clean up the county website to make it a little more user friendly mm-hmm. uh, but yes if you go to the government tab in under the mclean county il.gov then you can see uh, there's like a calendar, but you can also see um, where the meetings are usually listed on the right side. And as soon as they have them set, uh, Julie and our IT department do try to get that updated, right? Okay. But sometimes with last minute stuff, it, there's a little bit of a lag time, but we try to get it up as soon as we can. Um, I also, like on my page, I try to keep everybody abreast of everything that's happening. Sure. So on my Facebook page, um, which is, Johnston MC board, I think. Yeah. Handle on that. I was I was laughing uh, because I knew you were I knew you were in the middle of all this, so I don't want to bug you. But then when I hadn't heard stuff for a while, I'd shoot you a text, and then <laughs> inevitably I'd look at your Facebook page, and you would have posted about it like an hour before I texted you. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I should have just been patient. Should have just checked your profile. But um, but yeah. So well, cool. I um, again appreciate you doing all the work that you did on it, and um, you know I. Again, it, it's easy to criticize anything, and it's not like it was... Pr- I don't think you're contending that it was all perfect, right? There's oh, no. Things no. that could have been better about it, but <laughs> um, but at some point, you got to... Someone's got to do something to, to bring about... Someone's got to try something else new, right, and try That's to bring right. it about, so be That's happy right. with the progress. And so, it, but I, I am... I'm glad that it's going to be open. I'm also glad that this is my chance to kind of step back and watch the process. Yeah, I bet you're looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That week between getting asked to do this and uh, kind of that last meeting on the Friday, I think that was about eight days. And mm-hmm. I think I put in close to 20, 22 hours outside of work and family. Yeah. <laughs> so and you have stuff like <laughs> And you have stuff like children and a job and flat tires to deal with too, right? So <laughs> And volunteering in the middle of that too. So. Yeah. 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 Very cool. So uh, I know we've also been bugging you too, uh, Julie, for information about city stuff. So uh, just kind of, can you share if there's any sort of redrawing of the wards that's expected in the city of Bloomington? Not at all. Um, okay. Yes, we're. it looks as if we're going to be in at about 80,000 in the city of Bloomington based on the last census. So that's a slight increase and still within the parameters of the previous 
um, zoning, not yeah, Fair districting, okay. if you will, yeah. process. And uh, I believe that our statutes are different. I mean, that we would the the we don't share the same deadlines. For example, that's my understanding. That if if we were to redistrict the city. Um, it, there would be a longer process, and it would dovetail with the next election. Mm-hmm. And then, presumably, then all of us would have to run again, right? Or d- depending on how things were, were done. But but I did reach out to um, city leadership and confirm that we're not looking to okay. do that in this cycle. Okay, that's good to know. So the, it was for the county; it had to be done at this time. Yes. By, but yes. the city has a different. And there was at one point. I'm trying to remember if it was one of the special election or the rules committee. There was a discussion. I think it was rules committee, and there was a discussion of like, well, what if we don't pass anything? Don't we just default to our current setup? And it's like, no, they expire. Like hmm. the the current agreement, like as far as like ten members or ten districts, two members per district. Um, and the lines, like, they just, they expire. Like, we have to do something. Okay. And if we don't do something, it goes to a special commission. And oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then I would think that there also would be some opportunities for conversation when the 2020 census data comes out, too, right? If maybe that could trigger something. I, but I don't. As probably unless, not for it. Unless the, unless in Springfield they make a change. The Constitution is as it is done the year after the census. Oh, so we're locked into this. Unless they make a change, but that's a pretty big change, and we've not seen anything indicating that that's going to happen. Interesting. That would be the same for the city, too, Mm -hmm. then? Yes. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, I am in Precinct 8, which is right by State Farm Corporate, and we're in Ward 8. And I, f- I feel like my neighborhood is more like your Ward 4, Julie. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of have my fingers crossed that maybe we could we could get in with that with that oh, older neighborhood there. Maybe I we see. could maybe we could. Well, it is true. The I mean, when you look at the ward lines, some of them do seem pretty kooky. Yeah, yeah. I thought maybe we might be able to, to sneak in with our our Founders Grove friends right. across Mercer. Yes, all of those but, um, um, neighborhoods are right with really strong associations. Many of them. And, yeah, yeah. And the his, really focus on historic preservation and yeah. and values for um, infill. For development <laughs> of a mixed-use genre, right? That that you're investing more in your core, in, in the more dense areas of the community. Yeah. And that seems to be a, a value that the majority of my constituents have communicated. Yeah. Let's let's chat a little bit more about that since you brought it up. Mm-hmm. As you know, it's near and dear to my heart. Um, <laughs> And uh, you biked here to Little Beaver from your house, I did. I biked here. I I had never biked uh, from my my neighborhood on Fell Avenue in White's Place Mm -hmm. to to this part of the community. And on the map, it's supposed to only take 20 minutes, but you have to navigate some pretty busy intersections. And there was a stretch of road along Hannah and Morrissey that felt pretty precarious because there's not much of a shoulder at all <laughs> and it's gravel if it mm-hmm. does exist and the the lanes are pretty pretty small so i i mean thinking about the um comprehensive plan that was developed in bloomington which is a very extensive document with a lot of great recommendations um one of the the points that came up over and over again was walkability and access 
so I, I what I've asked um, the city manager to prioritize in the coming year is revisiting that comprehensive plan so we can determine, well, what have we accomplished, such as forming the Public Arts Commission and doing some rezoning that was really important, mm-hmm. and what do we have left to accomplish, and should we begin to consider making some changes, too? based on where we are today. Like we all know the housing market is a huge deal for the entire county of McLean. Yeah. And we're we're seeing a just a, a massive amount of um, need for a lot of different constituents. Yeah. So how how do we how do we build um, structures and or or <laughs> renovate current structures so that we can provide um, a quality of housing that is above the bare minimum of what the codes allow or require, but really a, a reasonable and um, healthy, comfortable place to live for our, our residents. Yeah. And how can we create structures so that people can walk to a grocery store if they want to? I mean, all of these are, are laid out in the plan, and they're laid out in terms of our goals uh, um, for our health of our citizens mm-hmm. in planning that's happened in the past. So. I, I think we need to prioritize that, especially now that, fingers crossed, it feels that we're moving beyond COVID, um, that we're in a new phase. We're not there yet. Please, please, people, get vaccinated <laughs> um, and be, be cautious for those who um, are vulnerable. But it, it allows us to free up some, some energy and space and time to really focus on these other issues. Yeah. Well, you, hit a lot, you hit a lot of points there. The... Um and it's a great time to be thinking about it because something else that I think there aren't any specific plans that I know of, but I do believe that the new census data being released is a time that would be logical to trigger a review of the comprehensive plan. So I think Bloomington is planning on doing that. I don't know if you, have you've heard if Normal is thinking about it, Lizzie, at all. I haven't heard one way or the other. Uh-huh. But I've been yeah. a little consumed with county. I totally, I totally <laughs> understand. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a good chance. It's it's a little it's a little over ten years old. So a good chance to take stock of where we've made progress and where um, where we still have progress left to go. Mm-hmm. Something that on the planning commission is really nice that we do. And I don't know if it, how long it's been this way, but when things come to us, a section that has to be filled out is how does it align with the comprehensive plan? Mm-hmm. And so we have been trying to use that as our guiding light. Um, for things to whatever degree you know we can um but yeah walkability is a big one and then with rivian expanding it's going to be something that's real important for us to be thinking about mm-hmm. to i i wasn't um following local politics when before terry renner became mayor of bloomington but i understand that one of his big things that he tried to do was to put a stop to the the sprawl and the development in the outskirts of um, of the city of Bloomington. I think it's pretty much stopped in normal. I don't recall new areas being incorporated in the last few years in normal too. So I think it's going to be something that's um, important for Mboka to be vigilant about is to not let that start to creep in again because it's not financially sustainable to, to build in that way. I think we've learned that enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in your area, I'm curious, Julie, your, uh, you know, White Place is, is I actually just parked there yesterday to um, walk over by Keg Grove to get on the Constitution Trail. Took a bike ride with my, my son. Um, it's, such a, it's such a cool historic 
area of the city but it's not what everyone's used to in terms of how they live right like the you get to the garages from the back you've got your your brick streets and your um you know kind of the barrier in the middle it's not as car friendly so i mean what types of things do you think could be incorporated elsewhere to like learnings from the past there and tradition or um i don't know what is is do we want everyone do we want every place to look like white's place i guess how does that not no i mean not look like white's place or Mm -hmm. look like um some of the more historic neighborhoods in our community we want to preserve those and make sure that they're they continue to to be um residences and businesses that people can enjoy but i but i think there's a place for different kinds of development but Mm -hmm. i would like to see greater density um, and more emphasis on our core areas in the city that that do um, house most of our constituents. Yeah. And and also um, take care of those who, um, I've, and I've seen uh, apartments right where um, where people with limited income live, and we have done a lot of improvement on codes and review, but we still have a ways to go. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're just not suitable. So what can we do to maintain some of these structures? Um, I, I think that spirit of um, thinking about how to serve a, a denser population and providing more amenities down the street, right, to break that habit of, of getting into your car to walk to the strip mall to, sh- to grocery shop, right? Or this huge um, business center that is all hi- basically a highway. I think a Veterans mm-hmm. Parkway is kind of a... Uh, highway in, in the middle of our community with all of these retail, um, big retail box stores. And, and it makes it hard to get across veterans to get over to somewhere like Little Beaver, right? Like your experience on right, the bike. Right, exactly. It can be like, actually a barrier to economic activity because people can't get from one side or the other of it easily. That's correct. And how yeah. can we look at the kind of the spirit of that sort of development in such a way that is um, congruous to different kinds of neighborhoods in the community, mm-hmm. right? That That's really important. I get a lot of questions about the mall. People are always like, what are you going to do about the mall? I know, it's a problem, right? And we're not alone in this. Uh, Malls are ghost towns in Mm -hmm. so many communities across the country. And um, I know that that we keep... Teasing Rivian, if you will, that they really should just develop that electric go kart uh, course in the mall, right? But, but you've been that, talking to Kelvin. Yeah, I have. I admit, um, <laughs> but it's it, <laughs> well. That was one of the questions he asked in a Rivian uh, yeah. lunch and learn. Recently. I like it. I, I, I like it too. But it's but that we do need to think outside the box. But it's it's always that very complicated relationship between public and private entities. Like the city doesn't own the mall, so what what we can do is in a lot of ways framed by what the owners of that establishment are willing to consider and willing to explore. And so far, that's, you know, that's been a very slow process, mm-hmm. you know, to get some development ideas really going. So I, I, that's kind of why we're where we are, just waiting to see what we can convince <laughs> to have happen there. Yeah. The attempts to recapture the parking lot to some degree have been nice. The I Applebee's agree. and the the, yeah. um, the outback there. Mm-hmm. So I I walk on. Oh gosh, is that Twanda? Yeah, it's Twanda down there um, mm-hmm. on that side of it. And I over on the Coles side, I'm like those last rows of parking. There's, there's never anybody there. Like there could 
I'm, I'm upset that our, our in the precious core of our city, we've got these like strips of parking spaces that aren't ever used for anything except for shoveling snow into in the winter. You know, so there's got to be some something better we can put in there than that. Um, yeah. Is there uh, is there a county comprehensive plan? I haven't ever checked. They. I don't know. I mean, we have like comprehensive, like we have a mental health action plan, and, and we do have some plans, and we and and we do have plans where when we we go through like the land use process, they often refer to um, you know kind of our in the zoning in the zoning side, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the the number one goal is to try to preserve as much farmland as possible, right? So I mean, we have these kind of overarching things, but I don't think we have anything not like what the cities and what the municipals have. That's interesting. Um, So that's, the county would also be in favor of not, if if that, if what you're, if I understand what you're saying, the county would also not be big fans of like continual growth and incorporation of farmland to convert to No, they would not. They would support anything that, I I think they would support anything that that promotes that kind of infill. Um, I did have a conversation this spring about you know, with the housing issues, and I knew that they were coming up, and um, was talked to. I did talk to the Farm Bureau and about you know what would it take to start maybe looking at development in some of these smaller communities, right? And because not everybody that's going to come work for Rivian wants to live in Bloomington, mm-hmm. they might want, they might want to live in a smaller place, right? And so, you know, would they? And and they encouraged me to reach out to because of course they're concerned. Their biggest they what they the big pushback was like infrastructure, like. You know, they can't afford to, to build out and then do a whole lot of infrastructure. So there's some possibility. And they encouraged me to reach out to, like, the, oh, what was it? Um, it's, like the, it's like the Rural Mayors Association, which I have not done yet, but I plan to. Okay. Uh, to start those kind of conversations, because if we can get a sprinkling of housing, it would help. I think it would help. And I think there are going to be people who are going to be willing to, to drive, whether it's, you know, with Chenoa or Hayworth. Or, mm-hmm. And I know that they are hiring people in those communities. So, it's, I mean, no, we don't have a comprehensive plan, not, yeah. not so to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. It, that I hadn't heard that. Um, but it makes sense, though, that the that the county would be vested in its, its agricultural mm-hmm. yes. needs and character. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. And interestingly, I was just, um, I, I happened to be having a, a dinner and drinks at Anjou above, and there were two gentlemen sitting next to me, and they were talking about the state of Texas. So I asked, are you from Texas? And one of them was, and one of them is from Indiana, and they both were here because they were working for Rivian. Hmm. They were contractors, but one of them said, I'd like to relocate here. And what he wanted was farmland, which is kind of interesting. So you're right, There clearly there's an... Um, market for yeah. for folks who maybe not don't want to live in downtown Bloomington normal. Yeah. Well, an internet connection is going to be so vital. Um, Amelia was on one time talking about this. I thought it was really insightful about how we, if companies are really going to be doing what a lot of them are saying and allowing virtual work and less in-person attendance, mm-hmm. we have a real opportunity in McLean County for people to live here and work in work out of a company that's housed in Chicago or St. Louis or Indianapolis or maybe even further. I mean, we've got our we've got our airport. So if someone only had to be in the office once a month and they were working out of Atlanta, they could definitely take a f- flight there, right, from mm-hmm. here. So how do we make it 
so that people choose our community to live in because I mean, I, this is the biggest Bloomington Normal is the most dense I'd ever feel comfortable living in I grew up in the country so if, I, if I'm not like 10 minutes away from corn I start getting like nervous right so <laughs> I, I see openings but, but yet somehow I, like, I'm, an, I'm an actuary so I have to work at an insurance company effectively so I see these postings I'm like not going to live in New York not going to live in downtown Chicago so but here I am it's great that we have State Farm that I can work at but um yeah, I'm sure others. I'm sure others feel this way, and that's just my particular industry I'm thinking about. But it's uh, mm-hmm. it, we need to be able to lean into that. I hadn't thought about outside of Bloomington Normal, though. The county's got an interest in that as well. We do, too, right? Um, and I think one of the things that got brought up this past week, the um, was it finance had a special meeting um, to discuss the money that we're getting from the federal government. Yes, and we have been allotted. About $33 million, hmm. which is about a third of our kind of annual budget. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, half of it is meant to be available soonish, and then the other half will be a year later. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some very interesting discussions about what to do with that kind of lump, that lump of money. And one of the ones that came up was, you know, cause, because the money has to be used for, like, specific things. I mean, there's a wide range, but it can't just be used for anything. But one of the things that it can be used for is infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And so there was a pretty lengthy discussion about, you know, how would we, how could we convert this money into broadband access? The thing that has been mm-hmm. talked about, these infrastructure mm-hmm. issues that have been talked about for so long, and there's just never, there's never the money that's available. And here we have, like, there's a big chunk coming. And so that, I mean, we talked about, they talked about quite a few things. Um, but that one really, really kind of piqued my interest as far as improving quality of life and for a kind of long-term uh, infrastructure yeah. that could really make just a huge benefit on people's I, lives. To me, a go-kart track sounds like infrastructure. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not bring that to the county. <laughs> that would be a big fun. Well, but I thought like the Market Street Garage in downtown Bloomington, right, which is, sure. as we all know, an absolute state of disrepair. And it needs to be not just patched together, but mm-hmm. truly reconstructed and what can that be we don't just want another warehouse for cars you know mm. we want mixed use facilities um, and we've been reviewing the American Rescue Act funds too to see well what's eligible and infrastructure is a big part of it and I know a lot of people um, in our community in the county as well as in Bloomington and I'm sure a normal complain about the roads you know and and that, that's that's a, a constant refrain that all of us share um, but we, we also are acknowledging that in order to to take on um, improving our roads, it, it takes a lot of staffing, it takes a lot of planning, it takes a lot of um, strategic work in terms of what's going on underneath the roads and timing it and bundling it. And if you're um, hiring too many workers all at once, it can affect your funding. I say this just because I know people are understandably frustrated that they don't feel like we're moving quickly enough mm-hmm. when it comes to just that part of our infrastructure. And I want want to say there are a lot of p- pieces at play, but we hear you and agree and are also looking at that as a possibility. And Lizzie brought up the Mental Health Action Plan, which I think is a really solid plan. Um, I think that it's it was only until 2022 or 2021, mm-hmm. so I believe it will probably be reviewed again. And I know that uh, Alderman Jamie Matthew has been talking about introducing an initiative for Bloomington City Council about ways that we might be able to 
fund or amplify our mental health services. Um, but that, of course, also takes a lot of deliberation and working in cahoots with a lot of other parties. Um, but I look forward to, to making sure that we move that forward and do something positive there. Well, and I think that's something you mentioned, density, but people... Uh density has this feeling of like, well, I don't want to live like with people on top of each other. Mm -hmm. I don't want historical homes being converted into like low quality rentals or like someone building a ugly like house right next to my house in their backyard or something. And, um, so I, I think density can be done poorly like that for sure. So that's what we need to be careful about. But I, the, the connection I, that was a big aha moment for me that I, I think is important to understand is that the density means that you can pay for those things that you want to pay for. Because most city services, the expenses are based on area. You know, people live further apart, it's harder to get your garbage collection, it's harder to get police service, it's harder to find. You got to push water farther, you got to take care of more road. And so, the, the but the revenue is mostly based per person, right, or per house. So you have your house, the, the, the one area of the house, they get their property tax bills or the person is spending their sales tax. And so the, in order for that equation to balance, you have to have a certain number of people per acre because you're co- trying to cover expenses per acre. And so it's not this, like, it's not this desire to live in a highly dense area or somebody... Like I mentioned, I like living in lower-density areas. I, 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 I enjoy, like, having access to rural areas, and I don't... I mean, if I'm in Chicago for a few hours, I start feeling like, a, you know, for, start feeling very anxious I'm about all the people around me. <laughs> I don't want Bloomington to be, like, downtown Chicago, I right? I don't have that problem, but I, but, I hear you. <laughs> but when people say, I want to fix, like, fix the streets, right? Fix right. the streets. Yes, I agree. Our streets are really bad. But when you're all spread out, then you don't have the money to pay for the things. It's like buying a house that's too big for you, right? You don't have the ability to maintain it all. So, um I hope that we can move towards doing that. And um, there have been some areas that have, there have been some cities that have taken away their zoning for single family um, housing. It's a step they've taken. Again, it's not like you can't buy, you can't, it's not like it's illegal to make a single family house, but any area where you can build a single family house, you can build a duplex as well. Um, That would be nice. Uh, Something else I've been also thinking about is they're called accessory dwelling units. I have a very large backyard, and I'm an only child, and so my parents are thankfully both still alive and healthy. But at some point, my my dad passes away. Let's say my mom, um, she's going to have her own whole house to maintain. I could build a nice tiny home in my backyard. She'd have her. She'd have everything she needed. I could. She could take care of the kids. I could like take care of her. She could be independent for much longer. Plus, then now the city gets a bonus of an additional resident for the for at an additional cost. You know, so it's it's those types of things that that I think of. That just wanted to not scare people about urbanization of things. But um, the response times I touched on are interesting. Um, what do you guys hear from where from your roles about? police and fire response times is that still an area for improvement in some in some areas or are we doing pretty well um i mean i can speak living in northeast normal kind of the east side over there is where we the, they tend to lag the most in Bloomington normal mm-hmm. and so they are 
building the fire station mm-hmm. <laughs> over right next to my neighborhood. Oh yeah, there right? was all that, that was controversy. A, that was a big controversy. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I and I did. I, my neighbors are they're concerned about noise. They're concerned about it. Uh, you know, not as much about the, you know the the long time to wait if you've had a heart attack, right? Right. So, but but I have talked to other people that that live in other parts of Normal, and the fire department is. They try to be as respectful as they can. If they're leaving out of the fire station at two in the morning, like they're not throwing on the sirens. They, yeah. they do try to be respectful of the um, the neighbors. When you don't need I mean, the, the sirens are to warn people that you're coming, right? If yeah. everyone's asleep, you don't need to do that. So <laughs> right, and so but right. but overall, they they are glad to have them there. They're glad to have them as a resource. And I think that once the station is built and you know people are seeing kind of the benefits of it and that it's not as intrusive as they might fear that I think it's going to be okay mm-hmm. um, obviously at the county I hear from the rural residents who sometimes get I mean we are the largest land county and sometimes yeah. if you've got to get a sheriff who a deputy who's down in like Hayworth and has a call up in Chenoa like that's like a 40 minute drive like mm-hmm. that's a lot a long time to wait mm-hmm. um, and so we we just don't have um, yeah we that's one of the areas that, that we're concerned about is making sure that we have good response times um, and I think the sheriff tries to, to do what he can with the staff that he has and so that's obviously a concern but I think that it's it's something that we're paying attention to where does the sheriff's office um, where's the headquarters located it's it's there at the law and justice it's the, right in the jail Oh, it's, it's in, all right um, there. It, okay. in Southern okay. Bloomington. Okay, yeah. so it's in Bloomington there. Right. But if they're out patrolling, sure. you know, mm-hmm. they, they yeah. got to patrol the county roads, and there are quite a few of them yeah. to cover. Well, it makes sense that since Bloomington Normal is centrally located, it makes sense it would be there, but I just realized I didn't know that. So, yeah. Those police response times, I remember from Bloomington 101, which, um, I don't, is Bloomington 101 still going on? I yeah, hope it is. I think they're doing okay. virtual. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I really highly encourage people to do one of those programs. Um, I think Normal has one, too, whose name's escaping me. But um, it was such a great way for me to learn about the city and just figure out where I could get involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, highly, highly recommended if people see that coming up. Yeah, it's a very popular program, so I don't see it going away at all. Yeah, Just good. had to live in a different context, right? I just wondered COVID-wise if, yeah. But, um one of the things I remembered was about the police and fire response times at that, um, I believe it's a six-minute target. Yep. It's not just an arbitrary target that they made up, like a benchmark. It's the point at which the likelihood of survival comes goes from mm-hmm. more likely to survive to less likely to survive. And so, to me, any area that's not hitting that benchmark, again, another argument against sprawl, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, any area that's not hitting that benchmark, I. If I ever move, that's something I'll be looking at. Like, what's the average police response times in my, my area? Because it's, it's, it's a danger for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's nice to be nice and close to people who can come and help you within yeah. that time. Right. Um, so the, the new fire station is really important. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's for sure. that's part of the capital improvement plan that has been budgeted for mm-hmm. and passed. And that's that the so there was the new one in normal in the northeast, but then is this is this one in the southwest of Bloomington yes. where the new one's going? Okay, yes. that's good. That'll right. help out down right. there too. And, so. and having that, um, you know, in conjunction with our library expansion goal as well as um, the the park. Um, it's not a park. It's a aquatic center aquatic center but even more like it's it's aquatic center and be and plus right it's it's meant to be green space dog run um opportunities for all sorts of convening outdoors Mm -hmm. um i mean that 
So those are also looking good yeah. to you? They are looking through? good to me because they were budgeted for so carefully and responsibly. Okay. And I think that, that part of what we're incumbent on doing for our community is developing these kinds of uh, resources, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who, w- who would want to relocate here and commute to some other place? Or who, you know, why would you stay here? Well, <laughs> these are amenities that, that can translate into economic development. Yeah. With my uh, with my wife being on the library board, I'm, I can't remember what exactly I'm O'Neal. supposed to know and not to know uh, about the library, but just continue to be enthusiastic about the library expansion in particular because they've tried really hard over 10 years or more to gather up the money and to gather the plans mm-hmm. and assess the needs of the community um, and just been talked about so long. And it, I mean, yeah, it I needs to it, happen. It, need, it needs to. I agree. And... I think COVID has really been a, a display of how needed the library is, especially in tough economic times mm-hmm. where people rely on it a lot because their circulation has been strong throughout all this. And um, I had a time I talked to Jeannie Hamilton, the director, if people want to go back about a year in the podcast about mm-hmm. just all the all the different things they did to try to meet the community during those tough times. Um, just have a lot of respect for them and, and everybody else who's trying to trying to adapt to these very strange situations. That right, and here, here to the schools. They're really trying to make a very yeah. impossible situation work for the kids yeah. those just, and families. Those just got out, so... Um, yeah, we've had a lot of... I think all of us have had some end-of-school activities this last week, too, so... Yes, yes, indeed. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> just the season. Last day of school? Yeah. It's Thursday yeah. for Unit 5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. I was trying to think if there's any other major things in the comp plan since that was since that's sitting right in front of you. But uh, it is. I I have yeah. all of the um, steps, the metrics and steps. Mm-hmm. I went because yeah. the plan itself is hundreds and hundreds of pages yeah. long, as as a good plan should be, right? Um, yeah. I'm thinking. I guess uh, last thing I'm curious about. Uh, oh, sorry. I thought of one other thing. Um, Camille Rodriguez leaving. Yes, yes. I know that's quite a loss for the community. Just it wondered is. if there was any anything else there from your perspective, or any discussions about replacement, or like. Is it- um, I think that when I think Camille, when she emailed all of us, I think she had encouraged us to strongly consider appointing Cassie Taylor as the interim okay. administrator. Um, and then, because we are literally headed into budget season right yeah. now. And the redistricting, And we need too. someone yeah. with their hand on the wheel. We need somebody. So I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard any specific details about when that meeting might happen. Um, and definitely have not. There's, I've not heard any chatter about, like, what's that going to be. Um, last time we assembled uh, a kind of a panel of, of people, community members, who helped us do some recruiting, helped us like kind of narrow the list, and then it was down to the county board deciding. And so I don't know what that might look like this time, um, whether we want to try to pursue that route again or we actually want to hire a company. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just have to wait and see, because right now, again, that's not, it's way back on our <laughs> sure on our agenda of things to be Such an important right role, though, for your ability to function as a, as a board, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, hopefully that process goes well. There's always a tension between hiring 
someone versus leveraging the the uh, assets of the community mm-hmm. for those mm-hmm. types of things. Um, yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll just have to see how that how that kind of plays out. Um, but right now, the focus is on the redistricting and <laughs> starting the budget. Right. So. Mm-hmm. That's our big issue. Yeah. Have the new county board members been integrating pretty well with the group? Yeah, and finding opportunities to connect. You know, in the committees, and it's it has been harder. It's hard to come in and like they three months, four months, and then we all went to virtual. Yeah. And um, in the last month or so, we I have started going in person to as many meetings as I can, and starting this month, all meetings are in person. Oh, they are. There's okay. no more virtual. Uh, starting this month, and so I, and I found it was it was really nice to be back in the room again. It's a very different feel from um, being on the computer and you know messing with the mute button and um, technical problems, people getting dropped off, people having to like log back in. Yeah. Um, and so I think I think it'll be better. Like once we're all back together, that it'll give them a chance to really be more involved. Yeah. But I think that they've been stepping in and asking questions and bringing up salient points, and so I'm, just, I'm glad to have them all there. Good. Yeah, you lose that ability just to kind of have the casual talk with people when Absolutely. it's virtual, right? Just mm-hmm. that getting to know you, mm-hmm. non-formal communication, and I just imagine that would be one just one more barrier to trying to work together with people. I think that's been an, that has been an issue over the last year and a half that we just haven't no ch- no chatter before, you know, hey, you know, how's your dog? How's your family? Yeah, it's just very like, different. Yeah, you yeah. don't get to have a, um, that just kind of personal connection yeah. before and after the meetings. And so one of my biggest uh, COVID snafus was at work when a couple people joined a meeting early and they're people I knew pretty well. So we were just kind of joking around and talking about stuff. And then I um, I did I, I made sort of a slightly off color joke, but something that would be totally appropriate with people that you know, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that like 50 other people had joined the meeting, all like the, our entire leadership team oh, and dear. like two levels above me had all joined the meeting. <laughs> so then my boss just DM me like, "What you said was funny, but probably not best for this group." And I was like, "Oh, but I was like, it was just me and two guys. Like we were just we did, talking. It would yeah. have been the equivalent of us in the corner laughing. But yeah, it's like I had a megaphone and just screamed at everybody." Oh, in the department man. so uh yeah yeah even even if you try to have that side chit chat it doesn't always uh, doesn't yeah, always work out for you yeah. Yeah. how about bloomington city council um, are you getting a chance to get to know anyone yet uh i i think that it's it's been really useful to have a couple of meetings now with the new now that we have new people seated mm-hmm. um and i know that june 23rd and 24th there is a retreat schedule for all council members um, focusing on servant leadership. This is something that the city manager, Gleason, tried to schedule way back, uh, right around the time that COVID affected our community in the way it did, Mm -hmm. and we had to cancel it. It, Because it wasn't the kind of thing we wanted to try to do in a virtual context. So um, we'll try again. And yeah. I, my, my understanding is that we'll start to move back into chambers okay. in the next cycle. Um, and, but they've also made it pretty clear that if anyone is feeling uncomfortable, that we'll make accommodations. Mm-hmm. But I, I expect most of us will show up, if not all. And, yeah. and it'll be really nice to meet in person again. Definitely. It'd be nice to have this virtual option, though, if you need to be away. Because yeah. that was always something before... 
Like I remember Kim. Call in and it was bad. Yeah, I remember Kim Bray in particular. Her job would take her to different places. Mm-hmm. She tried to call in. It'd be like everyone there talking, and all of a sudden Kim's voice would just come on high. Right, like, right, <laughs> and it's, it's hard to kind of break into the conversation, and you're not yeah. really part of the flow of it. Yeah. So we, we did discuss trying to improve our technology uh-huh. to accommodate people who just couldn't be there but were able to attend the meeting. Yeah. So yeah. I'm hopeful that the IT department will <laughs> figure something out. Yeah. I'm hoping that for planning. I almost dropped off planning um, because I was so frustrated with the virtual meetings. Like oh, really? It just it was so hard. And I, I don't blame anybody, but it was rare that our meetings would go more than... 45 minutes usually but with all of the issues of people trying to call in for public hearings there'd be a public hearing there'd be eight people in line or something and it'd just be like every single person couldn't figure out how to get the phone to work and mm-hmm. or they get disconnected or or then someone would try to like talk to someone else who was doing the public comment and we're like you're not supposed to do that we're not like having a conference call here we're having an orderly <laughs> meeting so right. we had a couple of meetings that were almost three hours long and I was like this is how long we met on like cannabis zoning right like, can right. we just we can do one of those <laughs> a year but I can't have every single one of these be three hours long I'm going right. to, especially if half of it is just trying to get someone on the darn phone but it's it's gotten better now we've gotten some improvements in that and we've all just sort of gotten used to the environment so mm-hmm. it's uh it's working out better now. Yeah, that's one of the other things that I remember when we first switched to virtual meetings is that we couldn't do uh, we couldn't do like a consent vote by voice. Mm-hmm. It had to be a roll call for oh, and every, you have a lot of people too. And oh, there are twenty yeah. of us at the meeting, right? And so it it does take it does take it, it really extended the length of the meetings. Mm-hmm. And so that'll be one. I hadn't even really thought about that, but that's one thing that'll be uh, different when we get back in person yeah. is that we can just you know, yays and nays and. I tried you know, if to it's ask. Close, then we'll do a. <laughs> I tried <laughs> right. to ask if we could use the like hand raise feature in Zoom, but legal wasn't okay with that. No, so. our legal wasn't okay with that either. Yeah. Because it it was just better to do roll call. Yeah, I understand mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I do too. But but I, I understand. But twenty yeah. members is a lot to it's a roll lot. call. It's a yeah. lot of people, and Some it takes them. time, and invariably somebody's on mute. Yeah. Right. It's and it's just something I've been wondering about is. So if you're in a meeting in person and somebody gets up and leaves the room, it's clear that they've left the meeting, right? But now people will like turn their cameras off periodically, which I, I myself have had to do at times if my dog or my cat, when my kids walk in and need mm-hmm. something, right? I don't need that right. put out on YouTube. But if somebody's got their camera off and they're muted, like are they still in the meeting or did they leave the meeting? That's a, That's been an interesting thing to think through for me too. Um, mm-hmm. If this is a more permanent way of doing things, is there some sort of rule I think if, about I that? I think that but if it were a more permanent way of doing things, we would have to specify. Yeah, you know, probably um, for now we just requirements. Yeah. I I agree. I mean, at the beginning, it, it, nobody would do that, but now that we've been doing this for so many months, mm-hmm. there are times when people um, turn their video off. Yeah. And you don't know, right? Or when when somebody's making a presentation and sharing a screen, I've just I thought, well, I can turn my video off because it gives me an opportunity to, you know, grab a drink of water. Yeah. And well, plus, if you're watching the video on your on your computer, you're like, you know, right. the video is it's, it's like a cool close up zoom exactly. in of your face if you're trying to read something. It's for right. quite an attraction. Right. Right. Yeah. It's bizarre. Um, but yeah. but it's it would. I'm sure we would have to address it, but I'm hopeful that now that we're going back in person, that mitigates 
you know, whether or not somebody is, has left the room or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting yeah, stuff. Right. Cool. Well, um, I was, uh, like catching up with you guys. You've got, um, yeah. you, you take your positions very seriously. You put in the work, you talk to people, you value people's opinions. And so it's always fun to, to catch up and to chat. And, well, and thank you for providing the service to the community. It's it's the best um, kind of programming I think we have for really delving into issues, not just political, but many <laughs> other issues as well. Yeah, I was just telling you guys, I feel like we need to get a couple, get, I think we're going to try to target some, uh, some non-political stuff for our next few guests because... Uh, as much as Justin and I like chatting politics, there's, there's, <laughs> there's definitely not the only way to be involved in the community, and uh, there's a ton of stuff going on, just people trying to do good things and do big things around, so mm-hmm. let's man it out. But thank you for the encouragement. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, Happy to do it. Thank you, you know. for having us. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, thank Little Beaver Brewery again for the delicious food and beverages we had. There's a fundraiser that's starting up down here, too. Something else I like about Little Beaver that they're giving back to the community. Check them out on Five Fan, Five Finance Drive, and at LittleBeaverBrewery.com. And if you also want to tell us thank you and to give us a little encouragement, always appreciate a review on the podcasting service of your choice. Or if you are even uh, more generous and want to head over to Patreon.com, you can also sign up to be a patron for a period of time and uh, help us. 